You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climate Air Conditioning. Climate Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. G'day there, Red and Blue Army. Welcome back to Red Legs Radio. We're doing it thanks to Climate Air Conditioning. Come home to a climate. And for the first time this year, it's a massive Red Legs welcome to the team from Palmerbet. Play the punting advantage this footy season. We're thrilled to be hooking up with Lee Dalton and the Palmerbet team. We're not only partnering with Nord, but getting behind the Sandful and footy in SA. So keep an eye out for the investment in South Australian football. They deal with all the big wigs in sport, the NRL, the AFL, Cricket Australia, Tennis Australia, Rugby Australia, and they are born in Australia. So if you're a footy fan, you should be checking out their punting advantage promotions. And uh, I tell you what, I had a quick look on the Palmer Bet site this morning, and they are absolutely fantastic, their punting advantage. But remember to gamble responsibly, but it's great to have the Palmer Bet team on board. The Norwood Football Club are taking on the Bulldogs at ex-convenience oval this Saturday afternoon. They had a gutsy win over South Adelaide last Friday night. Nothing pretty about it, but it was all quality, and that is the perfect segue into our list of guests today as well. Nothing pretty about any of them, but they are all quality. The senior coach, Jay Rawlings, to join us very shortly. Ben Cameron from The Advertiser will be in the studio to provide his insight into the Sandful. But we start today at the top of the tree. I'm joined this afternoon by Sandful CEO, Darren Chandler. He is no stranger to footy fans with roles at Glenelg and the Stadium Management Authority. He was appointed CEO of the league in September we're grateful he's made time for us today. Darren Chandler, welcome to Red Legs Radio. Uh, thanks, Ben. Great to be here. Feet under the desk for nine months. How are you finding it all? Nine. I think it's about six, actually. Is so, it? Well, you were uh, appointed in September, yeah, so I figured you, you just start with November, yeah, you so, walk uh, in the same day. Uh, but, yeah, it's been, it's been great. Look, I've got a great team. Um, I've had an opportunity to, to really um, work with the clubs, and I've got a great relationship with all the clubs. And uh, Look, footy's in a really good, good place at the moment. Um, I think the... Number one thing is everyone's just so glad to be back playing sure. into some form of normality. And, um, you know, the Sanford was lucky in that, well, not lucky, good management, I guess, in that they were able to get a season away last year and juniors were able to play last year. And so um, even though it was a, a restricted season as such, um, it gave us a really good um, launching pad for this year and being able to get back. And, and we're certainly aiming to get back to 2019 levels across the board with participation, attendance and everything we do in the, in the footy landscape. Uh, given that and what we all endured last year and obviously the final impost of that, give me what you would regard as a health rating for the league right now. Oh, look, I, I, think, it's, I think it's very healthy. Um, you know, we've, our, our clubs, um, with the support of uh, JobKeeper and, and, and other government support uh, and the players not... Um, being paid last mm. year was, was enormous, and and uh, that's enabled the clubs to um, have a relatively good uh, financial year last year. 
Um, this year, uh, more costs are coming back in, but still some support still there. So we're hoping that um, the club financial position remains strong this year. Um, you know, we're, we're certainly um, hoping as a league to, to um, you know, have a, a positive result this year. Last year was a significant loss. Um, but overall, financially, we'll be sound. Um, Competition-wise, if you start at the Sandful um, uh, League comp, um, you know, really even competition. We've seen some ups and downs, mm. but overall, terrific. Crowds are pretty positive, better than um, 19, better than 18, getting to about 17 levels. Um, the women's competition has been more even than ever. The eight-team competition there, we've just seen a fantastic under-16 program um, finish with South Adelaide taking out that um, uh, that competition. Um, the 18s are going well. So, look, overall, footy's in a in a pretty strong position, but we're certainly not uh, resting on our laurels there. <laughs> and um, you know, the team are working really hard to to drive participation um, and to to deliver. Um, you know, the, the best possible programs for the people of South Australia. Yeah, new CEO of the league with a Glenelg background, not lost on me that they're currently five and zip and top of the wazer at the moment. Hey, what about football across the state? In particular, I'm probably interested in your thoughts on Air Peninsula football. And obviously we get a little bit focused on the Sandful competition that we've grown up and that we love, but I know that your role's far more expansive than that. The Air Peninsula's gone through quite a significant amount of change in the last six months, gone from essentially five leagues to four. We've seen a couple of clubs uh, merge. What is your overall view of health in the regions and in particular on the Air Peninsula, which is pretty close to the Norwood Footy Club? Yeah, look, the regional footy is just so important. You know, it's uh, so many of our, our great players have come from the regional areas and it's the, you know, in, in many cases, the, the lifeblood of the towns. Um, and uh, EP, our team have worked closely with uh, the people over there in the leagues and presidents and clubs um, for a long period of time. And, and the changes that, um, that have been made uh, this year, um, from all reports, um, you know, have gone down pretty well as a whole. And um, some of the feedback we're having of, of the new, um, the, the clubs playing in new competitions and embracing the travel and, and getting right behind their footy club has been really positive. It's always quite an emotional time when you have mergers and, and leagues disband and, and those types of things. So um, always challenging, but, um, you know, the number one aim is to get as, many people playing the game as we possibly can and try to cater for um, that in the best way we can. And it's always difficult when you've got uh, distance involved and um, towns with shrinking populations. Crows and Power are back in the Sandful after the enforced year off last year. How was their return sat with head office? Really good. Yeah, look, it's we, we said it at the time and it's really, really clear that um, both uh, Port Adelaide and uh, the Crows are part of the Sandful competition. Uh, and that was never in doubt. And, and it's been embraced uh, really well. Obviously, there's some passionate supporters that have their own views on the matter. But overall, we feel it's the best structure for football in this state and for the sample competition. And um, it's a balancing act to make sure that, uh, you know, um, the rules that are in place, and that's why they're reviewed every year, um, uh, allow them to be super competitive, um, um, but make sure that, uh, you know, they don't get any significant advantage over the other um, the other eight clubs. So it's, it's a challenge, but I'm pretty confident at the moment um, that, uh, you know, we've got it about right um, as uh, as it sits at the moment. Uh, how do you see the difference in the way uh, the rules are structured in AFL versus Sandful? We've seen 
probably as far as I can remember, as polarised difference in the rules as perhaps we've seen in the history of the game. We've got uh, the 6-6-6 rule, the stand rule, man on the mark, which uh, the Sample opted not to go ahead with this year. Uh, player rotation caps. There's a whole host of different things. Last touch out of bounds, which is different between Sample and AFL. Are you comfortable that there is a bit of a divide between the two sets of rules at the moment? Yeah, there is a, a few rules, but it's not as big as what people may think. Um, I mean, we've always maintained a 25-metre penalty and a 50. Uh, I think everyone accepts that. And, it's a better rule. And Darren. <laughs> everyone's comfortable with that. Um, the uh, last uh, last possession out of bounds rule we think works really well, and you know I'm an advocate for it and seen it in operation and can't understand why the AFL don't adopt it. And um, uh, then the um, I, I guess the uh, man on the mark rule. Um, at some point, I, I think we probably will will adopt mm. that. Um, it's been seems to have been um, adopted very well at the AFL level. Our challenge this year was just the lead up to the start of the season, and to it's a significant change, um, and we needed to uh, you know our umpires needed to be able to get it right and understand it clearly, and then make sure that they could educate our players to be able to get it right as well. And we felt we just didn't have that leading time to the start of the season, so. Um, we will review it at the end of the year, but if I was a betting man, I think that'll be that'll be coming in next, next year. year. I want to ask you about the season opener. It was Norwood versus Port at Cooper Stadium. It was an outstanding crowd, in excess of five thousand. It's the first time they've uh, opened the season since twenty sixteen, and ever every other season opener just hasn't had the same impact with crowds. Do you ever think that you would be bold enough to go down the road of saying, "Well, we're going to go the Carlton Richmond AFL model and just say Norwood Port"? Opening the season every year is the way we should go. It's an interesting one. I think it was 4,941 that night. We didn't breach our COVID management plan, 5,000 capacity, Ben. But, <laughs> and we did have the premiere there. Um, but uh, and it, look, it was a great night. It was a fantastic night. Great support. Um, and I'm all for one for trying to create marquee games for every club. Um, and I think that's, uh, that's an opportunity. Um, you know, there's Glenelg uh, over the years of, Grabbed the you know the June long weekend Monday mm, game yep, North, and, yep. and made that a really good success. Um, South Adelaide started Good Friday footy down there, so I think there's an opportunity to for us to get better at working closely with the clubs and try to designate uh, particular games um, that are going to draw the biggest crowds and and ex- great. Uh, give the greatest exposure to our competition. All right, there you are, Norwood fans. That uh, We, we might have uh, scored a little point there. Uh, Darren, I want to ask you about uh, the AFL has narrowed its draw. So they've gone Friday night, all the games Saturday, all the games Sunday. It means that pretty much all of your time slots are competing with them. You're on the drip feed draw this year. I think you've got the draw up to the end of round 11. So there's still, what, eight rounds left uh, after that that you'll still be able to work on. Would you ever think of maybe just trialling a Thursday night game while the AFL isn't in that time slot and just seeing if that can work for you? Or is that just a, a bit too much of a cultural push for Sample Footy? No, I think we're, we're open to um, – we have to be. We're, we're open to change. We're open to being flexible. Um, at the moment, it's very challenging when you've got a, a floating fixture coming out from the AFL, and we understand why with, with COVID, et cetera. Yep. Um, um, but it does make it challenging for everyone to plan accordingly. Um, but we just need to be continue to be flexible, um, look for new ideas. Um, night footy works. Uh, there's no doubt that um, Norwood have the, the best quality lights of all the club clubs. We'd love to see some further upgrades at other clubs to be able to provide greater flexibility. And then, of course, this time of the year, 
um, you need to take in the, the colder nights, Weather. which uh, which does impact night footy. So, look, it's a balancing act, um, but you know we, we've got to try to find uh, as much uh, free air as we possibly can, um, you know, to get away with major clashes with the uh, AFL games at Adelaide Oval. A couple of quick ones uh, just before we wrap things up. You've got the Sandful showdown as a curtain raiser to the AFL game. Does mean a few fans are iced out, and a bit of media is iced out. You comfortable with that, or will you suck it and see and see where that goes? Maybe. In the future, yeah. Look, it's a it's a the first time that we've done that. Um, but uh, both AFL clubs were, were keen to have a go. Um, it makes sense from an Adelaide Oval perspective. Of course, um, you know we're a, a significant shareholder and benefactor from how Adelaide Oval works, uh, us and our, our clubs. So it's important um, that we help to maximise the crowd and and make Adelaide Oval events as good as possible. So it it makes sense. Um, and I'm just hoping that all those Sandful fans that uh, want to get along uh, have been able to do so. Mm. Um, but uh, look, you know, with, with the crowd back to um, 50,000 this weekend, um, capacity uh, all seated, I really hope that everyone gets behind it and we see them uh, get in early because it'll be a great game. Um, the Sandful game was, is going to be a terrific game. So um, don't wait just to see the main game at 7.20. Get in early and uh, watch some great Sandful footy first up. Women's footy, 14 rounds next year? Uh, haven't been confirmed, but it's certainly um, we've gonna, you know, given a commitment to, to try to continue to expand that competition. Um, uh, the, the, the girls are certainly improving. The standard's getting better. Um, the evenness of the competition is there. And um, once again, it's, it's trying to find the right time slots and working with the AFL W, which, um, you know, there's some... Um, we're waiting on some clear direction as to where that's going to go and uh, timings for expansion there, et cetera. So we'll, uh, we'll work closely with them, but, um, you know, hopefully uh, look to expand that competition and, and then even, um, you know, look at a, a, um, a reserve stroke underage competition to provide further support for those girls that are uh, missing out on um, senior games each week. Well, uh, Darren, look, mate, there's, Another 20 things I'd love to uh, throw past you, but we're going to run right out of time. We appreciate you making the effort to come in and join us in the studio. Um, and uh, happy to see the Bays on top. Look, uh, as you know, Ben, uh, played footy for West Adelaide. And, yes. Uh, but did uh, did grow up as a, a, a Glenelg person and um, worked in there for a while. So, look, they're running a, you know, doing a really good job at the moment. Justin Scripps and the team, uh, I think they're topping the league, topping the reserves, topping the under-18s, they're second in the... Uh, uh, second, they came second in the under 16s and are sitting second in the um, uh, in the women's competition Women. behind the red legs. So, of uh, but look, it's early days. They got a lot of work to do, and um, it's a very even competition. Just a bit of a declaration here. Uh, Darren Chandler and I are almost identical age and played a lot of junior sport together. And I remember cricket games where uh, Darren Chandler would be smashing my half volleys all over the park, and he's done exactly the same thing in the last ten minutes, just smashing my half volleys to the boundary. Darren, we really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us on Redlegs Radio. Thanks, Ben. Off to a break. On the other side, we're catching up with the senior coach of the Norwood Football Club, Jade Rawley. You're listening to Redlegs Radio. You're listening to Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climat Air Conditioning. Climat Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. You're listening to Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climat Air Conditioning. Climat Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best.
About to join the senior coach, Jade Rawlings, here at Red Legs Radio. We're doing it thanks to Palmerbet and to Climate Air Conditioning. Just a little invite to all of you who are Norwood fans. We'd love to see you on board at our biggest morning tea, Australia's biggest morning tea. It's on Thursday, the 27th of May. It's at the Wolf Blast Function Centre at the Norwood Football Club. Just $30 to get in. And we are supporting cancer survivors, and in particular, Emma. Uh, Emma Fantasia, I believe it is, who I know has had... Uh, a real battle with cancer and uh, she'd love your support in trying to raise funds for other cancer survivors. Just contact the club if you'd like to be involved. It's on uh, the 27th of May, as I said, Thursday. It's 10.30 in the morning at the Wolf Blast Community Centre. 30 bucks will get you in. you get a lovely cup of coffee, a couple of little scones and those sorts of things and maybe meet a couple of Norwood stars as well. And you'll be supporting cancer survivors. Please RSVP by the 24th of May. Well, the legs are in fourth and we head to the Ponderosa on Saturday to take on on the bottom place, Central District. We've won three out of our last four there. With a big win, we could actually be sitting second by the close of the weekend. But we know, Elizabeth Oval, it's always a challenging trip. And if you're a new senior coach from interstate, first you've got to find it. Let's see if our new club coach has the GPS on. Jade Rawlings, welcome back to Red Legs Radio. Thanks, Hookie. How are you? Uh, mate, I am very well. I imagine a little bit relieved after a couple of disappointing performances the previous fortnight. Yeah, it was good to see us back playing the way that we've been trained and we know that serves us really well and that wasn't evident at all against North Adelaide and I thought our general effort against West Adelaide was okay but we uh, couldn't get anything going and get any change of play together whatsoever. So I think the group uh, really galvanised and embraced where we're at which is the middle of the road team at that stage after four rounds and uh, the opportunity to take on the unbeaten South Adelaide who obviously a very good outfit and uh, been performing well, so it was good to see us back playing. That was the most important thing for me. Hookie. Jade, the thing I liked, and you, you've come into the game in less than good form, drop the first two goals, concede the first two, but find a way to fight back. That shows some real spirit in the group, I would imagine. Yeah, it's a good point, Hookie. I think there were two phases of the game that I was probably deep uh, down very pleased with and proud of was that uh, after the two weeks we'd had those first two goals, that is a time that really does test the result and the character of the group, but uh, we didn't make every play perfect, but we were able to create opportunities and that didn't impact the psyche of the group. And the other one was at the start of the last quarter where I think South had like the first set of clearances and we defended two and a half minutes of D50 stoppages and the group just kept doing what they needed to do at that given time and then finally relieved themselves of the pressure. And yeah, I thought that was a really significant moment in the game as well. Young Xavier transfer uh, with a goal in the second quarter. Uh, what a what an important moment that was, uh, not just for him as a young player uh, and settling the nerves and going and kicking that set shot, but it was a really important time for the team too. Yeah, sure was. I think the momentum we'd definitely got going our way and all went to the forward pocket and Shanton probably considered trying to dribble one through, but came back inside and Tramp was available. And I think those type of team plays from a leader that put a first gamer into space and, and he took the moment and... Yeah, as anyone would see, it's a pretty euphoric and a big momentum builder when a young player was able to kick his first goal and the way it was celebrated reflected how popular he is within the group. You mentioned Cam Shenton there, played up forward. He spent most of his time uh, at the Norwood Footy Club behind the ball and I get a lot of feedback from fans who seem to think that maybe he could spend a bit more time up forward. What's the plans for the coach with Shents going forward? Yeah, I'm pretty keen to keep exploring it. I've, I've seen a lot of natural forward traits in him. When he was at St Kilda, hookie. You just see him play for Sandringham at times. And when I was involved in the BFL over there, you'd watch Sandringham and go, all right, I hope Shannon gets picked in the seniors. I don't want to have to deal with him at BFL as forward. So I've always known that that is a capability of his. And then it was always the risk that you flirt with your form and take him out of the back line. But when the back line started to have some stability and continuity with the 
group that's down there currently, it gives us a different look up forward. And I thought for most part of last week, he looked likely. Uh, there's a bit more craft and a bit more subtlety to his game we can add as a forward. But when you look likely as a forward, I reckon that makes you look dangerous and uh, opposition start to get worried about you. And he just gives us a different look. And uh, there was a big smile on his face when he heard that he was considering playing forward and he played in that particular manner. <laughs> you talk about guys with natural forward traits. I just want to uh, remind you of a play from uh, about uh, about two-thirds of the way into the second quarter. Just take a listen to this tweet. Oh, hang on. Have I got it? I need, might need to turn some volume up. Here tag inside 50 oh! again. Oh! up alone, you beauty! What a great mark that was. We missed the little first part of the grade, but I think we got the point. Puopolo probably has mark of the year already, Twig. What a fantastic moment that was. As a, I know you're the coach and you've got to be serious about these sorts of things, but can you enjoy those special moments in footy as well? No, it's a good point, mate. Sometimes when the group are playing, you actually become a spectator and you, you enjoy what's going on out there. And when you get a player like him who does give a lot of spirit and effort to the group to jump up and do that are big moments. And uh, I saw the boys with Cooper's Hill had a really good time with it. And for him to go back and kick the goal, and it was a memorable moment. For, and that's what we're trying to create here at Norwood is moments that players enjoy playing with players, but our people love watching our players play and the way we go about it. And I thought that was a really special moment in our season so far. And, yeah, he's still got his legs in him, the little fella. So I've seen him get up there a couple of times in his AFL career. I don't know if he quite had it in him to stick the, the mark at the end of it. But, no, it was really pleasing. And like you mentioned, a very pivotal part of the game. I thought Tarka, the South Adelaide boy, had probably taken mark of the year the week before down at Norlunga, but I think Poppy might have it. <laughs> Took it off him in a week. It's like a nearest to pin the competition, isn't it? Uh, someone in the group <laughs> behind you always just hits it that little bit closer. Uh, I want to talk to you about uh, Nunn and Kennelly. I think they racked up 29 tackles between them. We know how big you are in the contest. Oh, that's just uh, critical in a tight ground like uh, Cooper Stadium to get that sort of uh, pressure, those pressure acts from your midfielders. I think it's a mindset hooky and um, I think for our captain to really want to lead from the front in relation to playing his part as a midfielder, which part of that is to be a pressure player and close the space to the opposition in contest areas. And that's leadership 101. And Kennelly does that for us quite regularly. He's a real ability to get to the next contest. And if he doesn't win it, he's imposing himself physically. And it does lift and drive the rest of the group and helps build our game style. So I was really pleased with none. To give you an example, last week we obviously come off disappointing game against West Adelaide. He came into the club to do his individual review, went and did state training, and then came back to the club after state training to be part of what was not a particularly nice review post-West Adelaide. And so that's leadership 101, and he's really growing, and he's influencing his teammates. Uh, Central's away, mate. Uh, you studied a bit about the dogs, I would imagine. Presbury looks like he's getting plenty of the football. Have you got one sort of key factor that you think you need to come up with to stop the dogs? Yeah, I like, West, I like Central's. I, I went to West Adelaide on Saturday to watch them, and, yeah, they had 50 points at halftime. They uh, found ways to score. They, they were able to win centre clearance quite well and they've got some crafty little fellas up front. So yeah, I've got a lot of time for how they play and we played a practice match with them. So I've been out to Elizabeth a couple of times and uh, yeah, they've obviously now they're grand world. They've got a game style that can cater for the big, a lot of expenses of Elizabeth. So yeah, there's a few things that we need to get right. And uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't believe this whole competition will level itself out for another three or four weeks. So I don't really care where ladder position is or anything that I care about how they play and us having an awareness of what they're good at and uh, us being able to impose our strengths from the game as well. Twig, thanks for joining us. Good luck on the weekend. Good stuff, Hockey. Thanks very much. Jade Rawlings here, the senior coach of the Norwood Football Club, joining us. We're off to a break. On the other side, we catch up with Ben Cameron from The Advertiser to talk all things SANFL. It's a random-
You're listening to Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climat Air Conditioning. Climat Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climat Air Conditioning. Climat Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. Yeah, thanks for joining us once again on Red Legs Radio. We're, of course, getting ready for the big game on Saturday afternoon. We're heading out to ex-convenience over to take on the Dogs. We're sitting in fourth. The Bulldogs are bottom, but we all know how difficult, how difficult it can be heading out to the Ponderosa and trying to come home with a couple of points. We're doing it thanks to Palmer Bet. Play the punting advantage this footy season, but gamble responsibly and climate air conditioning come home to a climate. I've got a new special guest joining us uh, this evening. He is from uh, The Advertiser and uh, one of the lead footy reporters for the Sandful competition. I'm talking about Ben Cameron. Ben, welcome to Redlegs Radio. Don't know about lead Journalist, mate, but I'll, I'll take that. Thank you. Oh, well, Andrew I've... Capel might have something else to say about that. But well, um, I, I accept. Just happy to just fill, you know, fill whatever holes they've got and, and do my do my role. Spoggy Capel, he is the number one. There's no doubt about that. But you know, in the, the lead, you know, there's a it's a leadership group these days, mate. And I've Absolutely. got you, I've got you well and truly uh, in that group. Now you spend a bit of time uh, dabbling between court reporting and sport reporting, which is uh, rhymes, but they're very, very different beasts. I would imagine. They're very different. Um, Caught, you know, one slip up when you're reporting, it can be your career. So you've got that that pressure. But I always maintain the toughest job in um, journalism is trying to find out who are the top five best players in a game of footy. Yeah. I just find that an art form. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, you could talk to 20 blokes or women as well and watch a game of footy and their impressions, their opinions will be different. So I find that that's still the hardest part of the gig. Hey, have you seen uh, much of Norwood this year? I know you uh, were at Port and the Eagles last time around, but have you had a chance to catch up with the legs yet? Not yet, um, but AC, Andrew Capel, has um, obviously, and you can sort of tell by their form line that they've been uh, very inconsistent this year, and I quote, uh, when they're good, they're good. When they're bad, they're bad. Mm. So, you know, they've had, they had a massive loss um, round three, I believe. To North, yep. Um, then lost... To Westies, mm. who had come off a shocker against uh, West, were were quite yeah you know, just by foot by hand, um, and Sturt also played well as well. Their, their ball use was fantastic, but um, yeah, it's it's been bloody hard to pick a winner this year. Like, mm. It's just teams having good periods and then dropping off. I guess the only team that's really had any consistency across the board is Glenelg, five and zip. So um, look, to be honest, mate. Coming into this game, I'm kind of expecting anything to happen, really. Yeah, no, it is. It's it's mysterious. And it has been that sort of a year, not just for Norwood, but right across the league, as you said. Uh, yeah, Glenelg, five and zip, are going very, very well. I think most people expected South Adelaide to account for Norwood last weekend. Of course, Mitch Grigg not in the side for the legs, but that was an outstanding performance in particular uh, in the first half from Norwood. Yeah, but then you look you, through... Sorry, go on. how did you view that demotion? i tell you what I'm really impressed about with the legs. You've been blown away twice... Once by North Adelaide, where you've kicked two goals for the entire match, and then West Adelaide aside that you'd probably expect Norwood to account for. And then you, you concede the first two goals of the match. And I reckon there might have been a bit of a feeling, of, oh, my goodness, here we go again. Mm. South gets a bit of a run on. They've obviously been in some pretty good form. So to find a way out of that with some key personnel out, for whatever reason, whether it's you know Don Barry dropped, 
Uh, Mitch Grigg dropped, but Michael Talia hasn't been in the side. There, there has been a few guys missing across the team. So it's a pretty young and inexperienced team. And to fight back from that, I was really impressed with. Uh, I mean, they're, a, they're a, a very passionate lot, the Norwood supporters, and they would have been, uh, you know, really, there would have been angst if they had mm. gone down on the weekend to South, you know, two and three, and suddenly finals are starting to look a little bit, not wobbly, because you're still only very early in the year. But right. yeah, I thought the bounce back uh, was exceptional. And even though, um, you know, there's still some issues in front of goal. I mean, to kick naught five in the final half, is generally not going to do it for you. But to find a way to win exactly. and hang win. on. Yes, exactly. um, and, and they've got a pretty experienced, in particular, you know, some experience through their midfield south, of course, with Bryce Gibbs, with Joel Cross, uh, Matthew Broadbent. We know what a star he is and Matt Rose as well. So I'm just really impressed that a relatively young Norwood side could uh, could hang on and just get the find a way to get the two points. Exactly. That was, um, they'll play Central District this week. What have you seen of the Dogs at all? Uh, I saw them several weeks ago. Uh, they were quite competitive against Adelaide, who Adelaide just burst out of the blocks, kicked the first three goals from memory all through Frampton. It was just clunking everything, kicked two from outside 50, and I thought, God, this could get this could get ugly. Mm. But, um, you know, up popped a guy called Aidan Grace, who the dogs have found from Tassie. Yep. And he's got a really good goal-kicking uh, pedigree. Has won goal kicking awards in Geelong and in Tassie, where he's from. And he kicked five goals, three, I believe, and missed a set shot in the last quarter, which I was was quite significant because that would have actually put the dogs in front for the first time for the day. But he shanked it. Adelaide then got a, a bit of a run on and then closed out the match. But um, Grace is one to really keep an eye on. I'm expecting him to be right up there amongst the competition's best goal kickers this year. Um the dogs again on that on that large uh, oval out there really got their running game going, and I actually thought they were going to run away with the win. So a bit like you're saying with Norwood, Adelaide found a way, and they had seven of the last scoring shots uh, for that game. But look again, who knows? I mean, with this game, it's just bloody hard to pick a winner. I'm so interested. I'm in, really intrigued how it's going to shape up. I'm interested in Kyle Presbury. Not a name that I've been particularly familiar with. He but seems to get a lot of the ball whenever I'm at Dogs games. Leading yeah, kick yeah, winner yeah, in the yeah. league so yeah, far. Yeah, yeah. Um, Norwood last week did a really good. They put they played Nick Roker on Bryce Gibbs and stopped his influence. And we know the sort of influence that Gibbs, Gibbs have? can have. I'd have to go back and have a look. In He's, fact, I've he, got those stats in front of me now. Uh, and if collected. I go to South Adelaide, there Gibbs had 22, and Roker I think was. Uh, a couple off that with 16. But if Gibbs Good gets job. 35, that's probably well, that's, worth three goals to a team. He's been, that's around the difference. That, he's been around the mark 35 for most of the year. Mm. So, yeah, that, that could be an interesting matchup if that comes to... So fruition. I wonder if Rokar will get the job on Presbury. Quite possibly. And, and I wonder the, if he can do it on Gibbs. And then you look through the central lineup, and there's not a lot of guys who are getting a heck of a lot of football. So... Um, We'll, we'll certainly be speaking to uh, – well, we've already spoken, of course, to uh, the senior coach, but uh, I wonder if that'll be some of the – one of the plans that he may have for uh, Central District is trying to just uh, limit the influence of Kyle Presbury. Uh, let's just go through another couple of the teams that are floating around. Um, I know you've seen uh, the Eagles last week. They were pretty poor against Port Adelaide. Uh, where do you think they're at at three and two at uh, this point of the season? Yeah, look, um, obviously that's – one of the uh, worst performances from the team. And I spoke to the coach, Jade Sheedy, yesterday, and he was still quite disappointed. Tried to talk to him after the game. Was locked away with his assistants. <laughs> and then um, texted him on Monday. Was hoping to get a quick interview and 
didn't call me till Wednesday. I said, sorry, mate. I'm just, I'm just, I don't think he took, he's a competitive bugger. Yes. We are from us Mildura boys. And uh, he, um, he's fine now, but he said, yeah, it was quite a disappointing loss, but they did have play Cameron, Daniel Menzel and Jack Hayes out. So he's expecting those three to come back actually with a slight, actually said Jack, Jack Hayes possibly, um, but the other two definites. So look, it was just a game that was won in that second term. Port looked incredible, mm. really. You know, just their, their pressure to turn over the ball, which um, and then they had some, some great forward entries. They managed to catch um, Ben Edwards. He just found space at will, was leading, marking, kicking goals. Um, probably the best quarter of footy that I've seen in Sandful so far. I mean, it's early days, mm. but um, they look really, really impressive. Mm. Um, and to win by 10 goals, um, I'm sure the coach would have been slightly surprised by that result. I mean, you always go into these games hoping to win, but 10 goal win against the, the Premiers, I don't know whether you'd have those kind of expectations, but um, yeah, Port look good. South Adelaide, Four and four, and then the loss to Norwood on the weekend. Of course, everyone knows the story. Haven't won the flag since 1964. Is this their year, Ben, or do you think that uh, maybe you just can't trust them still? Good question. I had to go to AC for this one, who's actually seen South in action, and uh, he has been very, very impressed with them so Mm. far. So uh, I I speak on behalf of his uh, testimony, but, um, yeah, he believes that, that they're definitely around the mark for sure. So, but it's a long season and you just never know. How do you assess the league overall? You know, the health of it. I mean, you've, you've, you've seen the competition for a couple of years now. Where do you think the competition's placed? It's, it's clearly one of the better secondary leagues, if not the best secondary league in the competition in Australia. But where do you, where do you see it's placed? Where do you see it's perhaps its strengths and its weaknesses? Well, if we're producing AFL talent, I mean, that's obviously a pretty key indicator. Um, look, I've just got a bit of a romantic attachment to the Sandful. I'm a Victorian, but um, used to go to Sandful games as a kid and was just blown away by the atmosphere. Uh, I think the first ever game I saw was at Prospect Oval and I was only about 10. And these things just stay with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. So I have a real romantic attachment to the league. Um, and I just love grassroots footy. Um, and it's good to see, you know, strong crowds um, for, for yourself. When did you think, though, that was that... The, the real purple period, purple patch in terms of crowds, strength of, of the league. Did, has it dropped off? Because, I mean, I've only been in the state for about four years, yeah, living so, and working. Do you feel that it has dropped off slightly in terms of patronage? Ben, I've been here all my life. And so I was going to Sandful Footy in the late 70s. In fact, my first memory of life, would you believe, is the 78 grand final between Norwood and Sturt, which uh, Norwood famously won by a point coming back from 29 points down at three-quarter time. Um, so what, what does that mean? I remember seeing crowds in the 1980s at Norwood Oval and Unley Oval and these sorts of grounds where they were cramming in 12, 13,000 people into these yeah. relatively small community That's, venues. I kind of need that, yeah. In, in 1984, I was actually talking to James Pike yesterday, former uh, player of the Norwood Football Club, played some first-class cricket for South Australia. I was chatting to him. His debut was in 1984 for Norwood against Port at Football Park. I think there was 29,000 people there. So, you know, I come from an understanding that Sandful crowds historically were just enormous and we are nowhere near that now. Uh, look, I certainly feel like... The best games still command very good crowds. And you certainly look at round one, Norwood versus Port Adelaide was outstanding. There was, uh, well, there's, I just read the stats. It was 4,984. They had a limit of 5,000. Well, 
they did a very good job of getting right up to the limit of 5,000 <laughs> without going over the top because the crowd was, and that was just had such a wonderful atmosphere as well. But you do look around it. There's always going to be a bit of a blip the year after the issues that we had last year with the pandemic. But it does look to me like the crowds are trailing off just mm. a tiny bit. I have to be honest and say, I think as much as I'm a big believer in Port Adelaide and Adelaide being in this competition, that's my personal opinion. That's not necessarily the Norwood opinion, but I'll just, that, just put that out there. That's my own personal opinion. But I do think the league needs more support from those two clubs to beef out their crowds. Port Adelaide, the Magpies are always going to get a crowd. I think they've been a little bit wobbly uh, this year, uh, but in particular Adelaide. I mean, I think we saw uh, West and the Crows play in just over – a thousand people and that's not cognizant with where this league should be so uh, I don't know what the expectation that Sandville can place on the uh, the two AFL clubs but I really think that if we're not getting 2,000 people to one of these games unless the weather's really shocking certainly at this time of the, the year mm. 2,000 I reckon's the pass mark for most yeah. games and uh, if we're a little bit behind that, and we've been behind that a few times this year, then I'd be a bit disappointed with that. Ben, we've got to go to a break. Just before we do, I'm going to give you the People's Choice Credit Union, People's Choice Voting Awards. Uh, it looks like it started a little bit slow this year, but the votes have come thick and fast for the round five result against South. And you made the point that you find it very difficult to determine who the best player was in any given game. Well, I can tell you... Surprise to me. Jacob Collins, by far and away, named the People's Choice Credit Union best player from the game against South. He landed 47 votes, would you believe? Second was Jackson Callow on 14. Third, Nick Rokar on 12. So a couple of people there have picked up that Nick Rokar did a very good job trying to take Bryce Gibbs out of the game. Uh, McKenzie on five. Nunn, three. Douglas, three. Shenton, two. Played up forward. I really like that move. Jacob Kennelly, he's been outstanding on two. Paul Puopolo, one. He, he should have got 10 votes for his mark alone. Declan Hamilton, one. Jed Spence, one. Michael Noel, one. Brody Carroll, one. For a total of 93, we're at 121 votes for the year. So you can see that the voting has taken a little bit of a while for people to get on board, but they are onto it now. People's Choice Credit Union overall. Jacob Collins, with all all of those 47 votes he leads from Nick Rokar on 26. Jackson Callow on 17 and the rest all in single figures. That's the People's Choice Credit Union votes. We're off to a break. We're chatting with Ben Cameron from the Advertiser Sport Reporter there and one of the SANFL match reporters. Uh, we're doing it thanks to Climate Air Conditioning and thanks to Palmerbet on the other side. Our Findex Financials, the Sandful Stock Market. You're listening to Redlegs Radio. You're listening to Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climat Air Conditioning. Climat Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. You're listening to Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climat Air Conditioning. Climat Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. Final term here at Redlegs Radio. We're getting ready for the big game at Ex-Convenience Oval. We're taking on the Bulldogs on Saturday afternoon. Looking forward to that game. We're in fourth. Uh, we probably need to win it to hang on to fourth spot. Our percentage a little bit wobbly. But with a big win, we might actually be able to sneak all the way up to second, taking on the current bottom-placed Bulldogs. But... As we all know, it's uh, always a tough job getting the points done, getting the points out there at X Convenience Over. We're doing it thanks to Palmerbet and to Climate Air Conditioning. Come home to a climate and play the punting advantage this footy season with Palmerbet, but gamble responsibly. I'm joined by Ben Cameron from the Advertiser. Ben, we're going to play thanks to Findex Financials, the Sandful Stock Market, which we uh, made a regular feature last year, and I'm bringing it back today. So uh, basically, very simple, mate. All I want you to do is to find 
a stock, a virtual stock that you would uh, like to maybe buy, maybe sell, or maybe hang on Hooky, to if you've already got Hooky, some. You do realise journos are not very good with, with, with money. money. <laughs> money. Finance, especially money. Yeah, that's right. You know how to blow it, you lot. So but I'll, uh, I'll give it a go. Yeah, all right, let's get into it. Firstly, who would you like, if you had a little you know, window of maybe 100 bucks worth of shares to go on offer, where would you be investing them right now? Oh, look, I'd... Westies, maybe. They would have had they okay. would have been very cheap a few weeks ago. And That's then, a and then good... slowly, you know, they put two wins together, which um, is significant for a for a, a competition where, you know, it's it's very um, inconsistent. Teams winning, losing. There's, it's hard to get a form line for um, for teams. So look, they've won the last two and their value wouldn't have been particularly great. Uh, before that run, that run began. So perhaps the Westies. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll and see. I, I if, wrote a scathing, see a scathing match report. So maybe this is my way of <laughs> saying sorry about that. But they were poor against it. See if the stock can continue to climb. I'm going to buy some Eagles because I reckon their their price would have taken a real hit against Port Adelaide. I'm just putting that down as a bit of an aberration. I'm expecting the Eagles to bounce back. They're three and two, but they're too Absolutely. good a side. They get a few players back this weekend. Sure. So, uh, you know, I, I know they've got a really tough game against. South Adelaide, but it's at home, and I do like the Eagles to probably get over the line there, and I reckon their price is going to jump after taking a bit of a jolt last weekend. Who are you going to sell? Okay, wow. Well, North, you're not getting much for North because their price has <laughs> dropped true. anyway. Mate, like I said, us journalists, <laughs> you know, around the whole financial market. Um, yeah, look, maybe that needs a little bit more assessment, but um, geez, haven't they fallen off the perch? They got absolutely uh, shellacked um, mm. the, other day, the other game. Um, yeah, yourself? Uh, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to sell some Port Adelaide because I reckon their price jumped above par with the win over the Eagles. I just reckon over the course of time, and I maybe I'm going a week too early because I probably think they'll beat the Crows, but I reckon over the course of time with injuries at AFL level and injuries at Sandful level as well, we'll just see Port Adelaide struggle to get a really top-end team on the park. I think they'll lose uh, Pau Pepper this weekend. is obviously a pretty influential player. So I'm prepared to risk them. I'm prepared to sell them now when I reckon their price is up because I reckon that market might drop. And I'm going to hold on to my North Adelaide shares. I know that they are struggling at the moment, and I know that if I offload them, I'm not getting much of a price of them. You've decided to offload yours, but I'm going to hang on to mine because I reckon there's a few wins around the corner with North Adelaide. They play West Adelaide this weekend, and I'm hoping I can just build a little bit of a share price back up. I think they're still a finals team. I still think they'll find their way into the five. We'll see how we go. But yeah, I'm not giving up on North Adelaide just yet. What about you? What would you like to hang on to? Uh, I'll stick with the Eagles. Um, disappointing loss last week, but they had some key outs, expecting their price to rise yet again. I think Sheeds uh, was stung by that loss, um, and I expect them to bounce back. Time. Let's go through and uh, just quickly round out with some tips for the five games over the course of the weekend. Firstly, the Eagles and South at Woodville Oval. Eagles. I'm going to go with the Eagles as well. Central and Norwood, Elizabeth. I've got to say Norwood, don't I? Yeah, it's certainly at this show. You've got, you got a big red legs badge above your head there, Ben. <laughs> Stick with the legs. What about the Sandful showdown? Uh, let me think. Oh, God. Yourself? Oh, I'm oh. going to go with the with Port Adelaide. I think they're probably just travelling a little bit better than the Crows at the moment. Crows have won their last two, so I think that they've found a little bit of form, but I'm going for Port Adelaide at this yeah, stage. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, look, they wiped the floor with the Eagles last week. Um, for a four-quarter performance that their coach thought, so I'm... I'm Going to back them in again. Okay. Uh, North Adelaide versus West Adelaide at Prospect. Uh, does, geez, this might contradict what I said before about uh, selling, but um, 
Yeah, I think North will get over the line at home. Yeah. I reckon that's where you, you if, if they do lose, you've done the right thing in selling your North Adelaide shares early. And the last game of the round is Glenelg versus Sturt down there at the Bay. I really like this game. I, I really want to see how Sturt goes against the, the league leader. Um, they were fantastic against, against Westies. Their ball movement was really clean. Some really great defensive pressure, especially in that first quarter to set the tone. I'm still going Glenelg, obviously. But just really keen to see where Sturt are at. They've lost some senior players. Mm. Um, they've got some young young kids coming through. Um, so, yeah, I think that's one of the more interesting games of this round. But yeah. I still expect, um, yeah, I still expect... Uh, the Bays. The Bays. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Glenelg as well. You cannot underestimate any side coached by Marty Matnip. But, uh, yeah, Glenelg traveling a little bit too well for mine. Ben Cameron, it's been great having you on board Red Legs Radio. We hope to see you for uh, a couple of times throughout the year. Thanks, Hookie. Pleasure. Ben Cameron there from The Advertiser. Of course, you need to be getting your copy of The Advertiser and purchasing your Sunday Mail in particular because that's where Ben Cameron's match reports are going to be, doing a wonderful job covering the sample football for The Advertiser. Right, well, that does wrap us up for the show. Thank you for joining us on Red Legs Radio. We are off to X. Convenience over to take on the Bulldogs on Saturday afternoon. We will see you all at the footy. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.